0: so much for a chance to uh, gather this, this morning, to worship you like we have. Um, uh, we, we come because of Jesus, because God, you sent your son, he died for us, and we can have life through him. So it is Jesus, only Jesus, that we uh, raise the name of. You, you, you alone uh, are our Savior, and so we thank you, Jesus, for your work on the cross for us. Um, we're going to talk about this rest that you prescribe for us. It's not just a suggestion, it's your commandment. It's how you want us to live so that we have this rhythm that you've built us to have in our lives. And so as we talk about this today, God, lead us into rest. Get me out of the way. Speak in my place, I pray. And uh, I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, rest. So great that we get to this subject. I love rest. Is anybody, anybody here good at resting? I am a, I am like a black belt rester. I can rest with the best of them. Uh, and I have... I have uh, I've always marveled at people who can do that. Like when my my son Cooper, his nickname when he was a kid was Lump. We just called him Lump. And it's because anywhere he was, if you gave him a little time, he could fall asleep and just be out. And he would just kind of hang over you, you know. And there'd be bedlam going on, rock concerts happening. And this kid would be like, bleh, I'm out, see ya, bye. And I marveled at that, right? Uh, I've... uh, as I've gotten older, I've found out that sleeping at night is not always easy. Anybody notice that as you get older? Some of you youngers are like, really? This is what awaits you. You're going to wake up in the night. But I am really great at sleeping in other places that normally I wouldn't sleep. Like the movie theater. Fell asleep in the last movie I saw. Who's ever been in a movie theater and heard snoring that wasn't a part of the soundtrack? That was me. How's it going? Dark room, comfortable chair, right? Bye-bye. I'm gone. I have that gift now, and, and, and uh, so I love rest. Uh, I know that uh, from the Scriptures, rest is something that is, is commanded of us. In fact, it was created for us, and we see that here in Genesis as we've been studying In Genesis chapter 2, uh, chapter 1 details for us the, the creation of the heavens and the earth. Uh, in chapter 2, we have this little brief respite, and then it kind of revisits creation, and we'll get to that next week as we talk about the creation of man. Uh, but here in these three verses here, the beginning of chapter two, it says this, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, everything was done. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had been done, or that he had done, and he rested. Everybody see that word? Everybody say rested. It's the Hebrew word Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. If you have a Jewish friend, that's what he calls the Sabbath, Shabbat. And, uh, and it's, it means rest or stop, a cessation. There is, there is a mm, a line in the sand, and we're not crossing it. Uh, that's what it means to, to rest. Uh, he says, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. This is the rhythm that God created for us. He, he, he knew that we, as natural beings, would need to, to rest on a daily basis. We are the original rechargeable battery. Does everybody understand that about us? Like you plug all your devices in so that they can recharge. Hey, you plug yourself into that bed every night so that you can recharge, right? Right? Your body shuts down so that you can be ready for whatever's next. Anybody ever done like your job after being up a whole day? Are you effective in your work if you haven't slept? No, and you're a jerk too probably, right? And so that's why we need our sleep. It's how God created us to replenish. But he also, not just on a nightly basis, he created us to have a break in the run of our work. Uh, Six days you shall work and on the seventh day you shall rest. It's just... It's the pattern of a healthy human life, to slow down, to stop working. Back before electricity came along, this was far easier in America. There wasn't a whole lot going on at night, so people would wake up, usually work their own farms or go to a job and then come back and work their own farms, okay? Uh, You'd have breakfast with your family, dinner with your family. When it got dark, maybe you'd read by candlelight, no apps, right? No screens. Uh, But then you'd just go to bed, you'd wake up again, do it all over, but then on that sixth day in our culture, because we were rested on Christian values when we were uh, you know, originally thought of as a, as a nation, on that sixth day, most of the country would go to church. They would stop. And even if they didn't go to church, there would be this rest day. It was just understood. We're going to slow down on this day. Now, if diapers need to be changed and, you know, it wasn't work less, but it was work light. Are you with me? And that's how God created things to work. Now, electricity came along and, you know, uh, we have a city that, and a country, is, in essence, that never sleeps. Uh, we work around the clock. Uh, and, and that pattern can often be jeopardized because, well, we just don't have to sleep if we don't want to. We can keep going. Uh, we got five-hour energy. Come on. You know, I'll drive all night. and Just keep pumping those things in there. I'll caffeinate myself all the way, right? Uh, and rest has become this... Elusive thing, this rhythm that God created us to have has become a lost art for many of us. It says later in Ephesians, Ephesians, in Exodus chapter 20, uh, Moses comes down from a mountain and uh, he has for the Israelites here at this stage in their history uh, their Ten Commandments. It's from which all the other commandments come, and the Fourth Commandment starts like this. Uh, Well, that's not that at at all, but uh, I'll just tell you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath and what? Keep it holy. Now, 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 let's kind of break ourselves down into a couple groups. There are people in this room who live to work, and then there are people in this room who work to live. There's very distinct differences. And depending on which one you find yourself in, you're going to have a problem with either the front end of that commandment to remember the Sabbath day or. Uh, If you're in another group, you're going to have a problem maybe keeping the Sabbath day holy. Here's what I mean. People who love to work, they have a hard time stopping. They just have a hard time slowing down. Uh, This isn't healthy long-term for your life. Physically, spiritually, relationally. If you don't slow down, you're going to become deficient in every area of your life. And you can't just say, it's just the way I am. You can't just say, I'm chasing the dollar so that we can have all that we have, which is one of the great excuses in American culture. You can't say those things and somehow compensate for the fact that you are outside of God's will for the rhythm of your life. My dad never took breaks, worked 80 hours a week at these small 300-person Baptist churches in the Northeast, never saw him when we went on vacation, which we didn't. But if we did, it was so he could go work somewhere else. The only time I ever went anywhere that wasn't a relative's house for, like, Christmas or Thanksgiving, I went to Niagara Falls one year uh, because Dad was doing the wedding of the wealthy doctor in our church, and uh, she, the daughter, was getting married to a dude from Niagara Falls. So, you know, we drove out there. I I remember having a good time. I saw the falls. Impressive. Been there. Very nice. But that was kind of sandwiched around all of the duties that he had to do. In today's day and age, uh, people go on vacations all the time, never leave work. Because they have cell phones. you ever been busted for uh, looking at your cell phone on vacation? It's like a no-no when Eleanor and I go away. She hasn't like physically taken it from me, but I always get the eye. Are you seriously reading your email right now? She doesn't like sharing me with you guys when we're on vacation, right? If you've got problems, they'll wait until I get home. But it's really easy for people, people never to truly unplug. If that's you, I've got a challenge for you today. God did not give us the 10 suggestions. He did not give us the 10, I hope you get to these. He gave us the 10 commandments. And he told us as a matter of our structure, of our design, it is crucial that we stop. That's what rest means. Stop, unplug, and do the things that Sabbath was designed for. Now, some of us have no problem with that at all. Who here has no problem taking a rest? Anybody? Probably your problem is getting going again, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I grew up in the house that I did, I swore that if I ever got a job, and that was not guaranteed. That is, that is a miracle every day that I stand before you, that I have a paying job. I, I praise God for it all the time. But I told God, if I ever get a job and they give me vacation, I'm taking every bit of it. And I'm not and I'm not being uh, apologetic for that. You can think I'm lazy if I take, you know, because some of you are like, I've never taken all my vacation. Well, you're, you're lost, all right? You don't get to heaven and they don't have a sash, you know, like a brownie or a Boy Scout that you pin things to because you never took a vacation, all right? That may look good to everybody else in your job, but God's going to be like, wow, sorry you missed out on what I commanded you to do. So I'm going to get to heaven and make sure that God gives me the I'm going to be on the all-Sabbath team, all right? I'm going to be on, I am all pro when it comes to Sabbath. I'm in. I, I just do it, all right? But here's, if you're good at that, praise God. Good that you can slow down and take a break. But here's where you and I have to watch out. Sometimes we take breaks and we don't involve God in them at all. Sometimes we have our weekly Sabbath and it's all about our boat, it's all about what, now listen, I'm, you're not going to hear me say that it's bad to be on a boat or bad to go golf. You should, when you take Sabbath, you should do things that replenish you. Everybody hear me say that. I grew up in a house, uh, man, it sounds like my, I, I, had, I was a very happy child, just so you know. <laughs> but I grew up in angry Baptist churches, and the Sabbath, I mean angry, and the Sabbath, the Sabbath was sacrosanct. You, you could not mess around on the Sabbath. I was the eight-year-old who was sitting in a chair, you know, ants in my pants because I wasn't allowed to go outside and run the stink off, as my mom used to call it. Because on the Sabbath, you had to keep it holy. No, listen, the Sabbath should be a time where you reconnect, and we're going to get to these. These are my three things. You reflect on all that God has done, you replenish yourself physically, and you reconnect with God. That's the Sabbath. And if you being replenished involves you doing something, go and do something. It's not sin to do on the Sabbath. It's a sin to come away from the Sabbath and not be replenished because you didn't do. Are you with me? Or at least it's sad. I don't know if we go all the way to sin. Now, my, my, my point is this. For those of us who are good at taking, uh, you know, Sabbath and taking time away, uh, a lot of times we can, we can let the God side of our Sabbath slip. Uh, like, uh, you know, it's, it's easy not to come to church which I'm not saying is the whole point of the Sabbath, but for most people, if you're a Christian and you understand Sabbath and the rhythms that you're supposed to have, you're supposed to reconnect with God. It's a great place to do it. Thanks for coming. But some of you haven't been here for a while and I'm not here to pound on you, but it's not your normal pattern to hang out. And it should be, if not here, somewhere so that you can have the rhythm that God designed you to have, reconnecting with him with the body of Christ. Uh... Sabbath changes. We're going to talk about that. Not every, not everybody has the same Sabbath. Is anybody grateful that there's Christian doctors and nurses at work today? Like, especially if you wreck on the way home, God for you. But wouldn't that be nice if you had someone to take care of you? Yeah, I don't think we we necessarily should get trained in or focused in on a specific day. Or, you know, uh, uh, some people do, and I'll talk about them at the end of the service. But, uh, but Sabbath kind of happens where you can get it. You know, depending on what your job's constraints are. And, Uh, But you should find rest. But wherever you find rest, like mine's Thursday. Everybody knows I'm on the clock right now. This is not my. This is your Sabbath if you're hanging out. But this is not my Sabbath, right? My Monday is Saturday. I go to work at Saturday around noon. Uh, This is another. This is my Tuesday. Welcome to Tuesday, everyone. How's it going? All right. And so my Sabbath is Thursday. Uh, And 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 I have. But in my Sabbath, I have to be focused on the things that God has called me to do. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Some of us have a hard time remembering the Sabbath. Some of us have a hard time keeping it holy. And my hope is, is that we have the balance that God wants for us and the rhythms that he created us to have, that we would focus the things that we're supposed to be focused on uh, in our Sabbath and that we'd receive from God the blessing that comes from this Sabbath that he's created for us. So let's talk about this uh, question. What does, what does God mean when he tells us to rest What does God mean when he tells us to rest? The first thing uh, that God means when he says Sabbath or rest is, I already told you, he wants us to slow down and reflect on what he has done. He wants us to slow down and reflect on what he has done. Let's read those verses one more time. Verse 1 says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And it says, uh, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he sabbathed. he Shabbat, he rested on the seventh day from all this work or all his work that he had done. Uh, this brings up a question. If you're just kind of new to the Bible and you're like, wow, God rested, so God must have been tired. Because the only time you really rest is when you're tired. Okay, does the, does the God ever get tired? No, did you know where it says that in your Bible? Let me tell you. In Isaiah 40, it says this, have you not known, Isaiah the prophet saying this, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He's got a big drum and some sunglasses and he's the rabbit that beat, no, he's not, that's crass, but he's He's the everlasting God. Uh, he's the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not what? He does not what? Grow weary. He never gets tired. It's just not in his supernatural nature. He, he just can't. He's inexhaustible in his grace, in his mercy, in his love, and in his energy. He doesn't get tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He is above us, and we are made by him. In his image. But with limitations, he is without limit. So he doesn't get tired. So when you come to the the text about the Sabbath, don't think God got tired and took a break. that was hard. Creation wasn't hard for God. He could have created in 24 seconds. He never needed to take a break. He doesn't get tired. So what's he trying to say? We're going to see that he gave us the Sabbath as a blessing, and he's going to instruct us to take a break because we need one, physically speaking. But what, does he, what is he talking about when he says here specifically that he rested on the seventh day? Well, if you read the verse that precedes uh, these verses in Genesis 2, you, you see what he's resting and doing. It says that God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. Uh, he, he'd kind of gone through the other days of creation and been like, good, one thumb up. But he got to the end, he looked at the whole of his creation. He's like, mm, nailed it. I mean, this is good. I mean, we're talking subatomic particles all the way to the macro of space. Everything works in harmony. I've, I've formed the, uh, the, the, everything that is, and I've filled everything that is. This is, this is awesome. And rightfully, God has a, a, you know, a, a shoulder-padding episode. He just revels in his own glorious works. And some of you are like, well, that seems arrogant. No, he's God. If anybody can be proud of himself, well, there's only one. It's God. The rest of us come from God, and we have to take everything that we'd be proud of and point it back to him. But God, it's totally fine, consistent with his character, that he would marvel over his creation, and that's what he does. So that's where I get this idea that Sabbath is first and foremost about us slowing down and reflecting on what God has done. Being satisfied with life is a huge part of resting. Sabbath is a day where you and I resist achieving, and we just be. And in our just being, we look back. If there's this component of the Sabbath that looks back, it's this reflection on all the great things that God has done in our lives. We do this. We understand this. Anybody worked hard all day? Uh, like, uh, like I'll, I'll tell you about my house again. I, I told you many stories about this, but back when we were uh, putting in the water pipe that would go from the pump uh, at the well into my house, we had to dig a four-foot trench so we could put a couple different pipes in there, the water pipe, the electricity. I mean, four feet down in the Florida soil around oak trees. Okay, is everybody with me on this? So we did as best as we could with, with one of those big scoops, and I learned how to, you know, use a scoop, and I hit my house a couple times, but that's another story. anyway, but then where there were these roots. You don't want to kill your oak trees. You don't want them falling over in your house. So you've got to be really careful around their root systems. And where there were really thick roots, we had to take shovels and actually dig around these like, tree-sized roots and dig underneath them and through them so that we could somehow snake these pipes down. It was backbreaking breaking work. Uh, there were many times where I lamented the fact that my children were in college. Cause they're young, they should be in there, right? I'm paying for college, dig, right? <laughs> but no, myself, my buddy Walt, others that we came down there, and this is what would happen: we'd get down there, first couple hours digging pretty good, back feels great. Third hour, oh, this is fourth hour, <laughs> and by the afternoon, here's what you're doing: couple spades, turn around, lean on the shovel. Anybody seen that guy? Side of the road. I got new respect for that dude. If he's been digging all morning, lean on, brother. Lean on. (laughs) But guess which direction I leaned in? I didn't lean looking forward to where I had to get to. That's demotivating. Where did I lean? I turned that shovel, and I looked back over this beautiful three-foot-wide, four-foot-deep trench. Look at those tree roots. They've been masterfully dug around. What a beautiful sight, right? And if I can do all that with God's strength, I can finish this. Right at the end of a long period of work, isn't it great to look back and see what's been accomplished? That's what God was doing on the first Sabbath. You just look back and being like, "Wow, look at creation!" Two thumbs up. Sabbath is a day where you can lean on your shovel. And you can marvel at, marvel at all that God has done for you. Last week, we talked about the fact that in creation, God models for us the fact that he's a former and a filler. He forms all that is so that he can fill all that is, and he wants to keep doing that in our life. He wants to bring form to our lives, give us some rails to ride on. He wants to fill our lives, and he has, immeasurably. But so often, we're not aware of it. We're not recognizing it. All we have in front of us is all the things that aren't. All the stresses that await us. I know some people who when they get the Sabbath, they can't shut off work because they're just fearful of what's coming next. What God wants us to do is just, hey, that's, that'll be there on Monday. Just be here and reflect on all the grace and all the good that I've done for you in your life. I was getting ready to preach this last night. I was sitting in my office and uh, if you ever wanna hear the pre-sermon, 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 come at five o'clock on Saturday. I'm yelling it in my office to nobody, Okay. I'm getting ready to talk to you all, and I'm standing there talking through this point, and I look up on my wall, and there it is. It's this four-picture Ikea collage of my kids when they were little. And I stood there, and I was thinking, well, what can I reflect on, you know, the grace of God in my life? And there's there's Ben in his, uh, you know, Texas cowboy boots, in his diaper, with his denim shirt on, holding a tippy cup, all right, or a sippy cup, and it's like this big, right, because he's like one. It's as big as him. And he's just staring at the camera like this, and he is as cute as a dickens. And in that moment, when I looked at that picture, I wasn't thinking about the fact that all my money was going to him in his college right now. (laughs) I was just grateful for the fact that Ben was alive. I looked at my other kids. There's Cooper, chestnut eyes, hat on backwards, standing in the toy room. I wasn't thinking about the fact that these kids get older. They start questioning your authority. They think they know everything, and you don't. I was just thinking about, man, what a blessing they've been. And there's my bride holding our daughter, cheek to cheek, smiling, both of them in their youth. And I just think about how amazing it is that God has blessed me. I don't deserve any of that. And that's the purpose of Sabbath, to reflect on the graces of God, to be reminded of our blessings. And to let go of the, the hole, Some of us, all we can see in the donut is the hole. God wants us to see the donut. And one of the things I have to teach people when they travel to Africa with me is something I had to be taught the first time I went. Don't talk to Africans about what goes wrong in your life as an American. It's not going to make any sense to them. When you say that your car breaks down and how of a huge hassle that is because you can not get to the job that pays you hundred grand a year, your African brothers and sisters are going to say, you have a car? I mean, as Americans, we find all kinds of stupid stuff to get mad about. And what the Sabbath is is for us to kind of pull our heads out and remember all the great things that God has done for us. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. Slow down. What, what does it mean when God says to rest? It means to slow down and be re-energized by God. Slow down and be re-energized. Look what it says here. <clears throat> Verse 3 now in chapter 2. So God blessed the seventh day. And he made it holy because on it God rested, there's that word again, Shabbat, from all his work that he had done in creation. It says that God blessed that day. He blessed that day. Uh, Blessing is a word that means to fill. Don't believe me? Look at all the other ways it's been used in Genesis up to this point. We are just in the second chapter, but it's already been used twice here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 21, where it says that God created the great sea creatures And every living creature that moves with which the uh, waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God, here it is, what it say? He blessed them. God blessed the sea creatures and and the air creatures, the birds. And he said this, be what? Be fruitful, multiply, and what? Fill. So when you think blessing, even just in the context, if all you had were the first two chapters of your Bible, You could kind of gauge, you know, without going into a huge Hebrew study, that blessing means uh, fruitfulness, multiplication, and filling. And indeed, that's what the Hebrew word means. It means to fill. Or in our case, when it comes to the Sabbath, to be refilled. God said the same thing about us as as humans when he created us. We'll get to these verses next week in our study. But it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them. There it is again, blessed, second time it appears in the Bible. And God said to them, same stuff, fruitful, multiply, fill. God says, listen, I'm going to bless the Sabbath. And in blessing the Sabbath, I want this Sabbath day to be a a day where you're you're restored, where where it's a fruitful day, where your energy is multiplied, where you're refilled if you're kind of tapped out. That's, that's the nature of blessing in the Bible. This is kind of extra. Uh, but the nature of blessing in, Bible is almost, in the Bible is almost always twofold. God blesses so that, that the person or the blessee can be a blessing to someone else. Like Abraham, remember Abraham? God blessed this guy Abram uh, who became Abraham in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 12. And he comes to this guy and he says, hey, I'm going to make your descendants like, like, uh, like so fast. There's going to be like this, the, 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 the number of the, sa- the sand kernels on the sands of the shore. There's going to be a lot of them. He said this to a guy who already knew that his wife was barren. And so uh, immediately, as, this, as God is speaking to Abram, he's like, oh, what a blessing. God's going to open our womb. We're going to have kids. But then he goes on and he talks to Abram. And he says, now, Abram, I'm not going to stop with you just having some kids. Uh, from your line is going to come someone who is going to be a blessing to all of mankind. We know him to be Jesus. And so a blessing in the scriptures is almost always twofold. It blesses the blessee so that the blessee can be a blessing to others. Are you with me? So that's the same thing with the Sabbath. God blesses this day, the Sabbath. Why? So that the Sabbath can be a blessing. To who? To us. And we can be filled by it in the rhythms that God designed us to experience. I I look at the Sabbath as kind of a... Uh, well it 's us taking in a, a meal. Has anybody been around somebody who hasn 't eaten for a while? they fun to be around? My son cooper uh, <clears throat> wouldn 't eat sometimes as an adolescent. He, he read a book about uh, what not to eat and so if, if the very narrow palate of, of or whatever foods that he was eating was not available, he just wouldn 't eat and so he, he only weighs like a buck forty uh, even now as a full grown 20 year old so his, and so an, he, he ate all of his energy and he'd come home and he was our most docile, most agreeable guy. But if he hadn't eaten, he was uh, the Tasmanian devil. He would just bite off the head of anybody who spoke to him and we'd be like, whoa, where's Cooper? And, and what we learned to ask was, when was the last time you ate? Rub, 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 rub. Quesadilla, pow, right? Let's get some food in this kid's face so that he comes back. We want old Coop back. And invariably, this is what happens, even today. If he hasn't eaten for a long time, he gets something in his face, he, he comes back and he starts just thinking. And, and it's the same thing with rest. It's the same thing with rest. If you don't stop, you diminish your capabilities to be a, a, a right and faithful servant to your God. You're, you're, you're starting to work in ways that you're, you're not created to. And some of you will say, hey, Mark, you don't understand. I can't rest. Okay, everybody lean in on this thing. I don't believe that. Now I love you. And I pray God's rest over you. But I don't, I don't know what happened that convinced you that you can't rest. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that God would ever command us to do something that He wasn't going to enable us to accomplish. And if He commands us to have a Sabbath, if He commands us to rest, well it's not a matter of I can't. It's it's simply a matter of I won't. I won't. One of the greatest lear, lear, uh, words that humans can ever learn is the word no. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm, I'm not going to miss out on my time with my God and my family and with my rest so that you can have what you want. Learn it. Everybody try it. Ready? Put your, put your tongue in the top of your mouth and go, Oh no, no. It's a great word. It's one that often we feel bad for saying. But listen, listen to me, look at me, hear this. You're no good to the people that you're saying yes to if you're not getting the rest that God designed you to have. Long term, that's just not going to work out. You're going to burn out, flame out, and you're going to be no good to anybody because you can't form that one, two-letter word. No. I pray that God gives you the strength to say that. So that you can quit making excuses about why you can't rest, and you'll just choose to rest. Sometimes you've got to be creative with it too. I had a pastor uh, friend in, in Dallas he used to talk about grabbing Sabbath. He was from Alabama, so he said it really fast. got to grab some Sabbath." I'm like, "What?" He says, "I'm going to grab some Sabbath." Now like I told you earlier, the Sabbath, Sunday's not my Sabbath. So I've got to figure out where I'm going to have mine later in the week. And, and, and when I can fit it in, I need to grab me some Sabbath. You need to learn that. Fit it, fit it into the rhythms of your lives. So the first thing, slow down. Reflect on all that God's done for you. Second thing, slow down. Be re-energized. Let God fill your tank so you're ready for what he has next for you. And then finally, slow down and be reconnected to God. Slow down and be reconnected to God. This is that part I was talking about in the opening where a lot of people have no problem taking a break. They just forget to include God in it. And I want you to understand that your breaks are there so that you can reconnect with God in a more in-depth way than you would on a a regular day. Look at what it says in verse 3 again. So God blessed the seventh day and and he made it holy. He set it apart. That's what holy means, set apart. He elevated above the rest of the monotony of life. He says, we're going to sanctify this day. We're going to make it holy. Did you know the Jews, if they didn't uh, follow what the the text or what the scripture says about the, the Sabbath, in Exodus 31 and 35, it tells us that the Jews could be put to death if they worked on the Sabbath. How about that for motivation, right? If you were found, not, I can't stop. Well, then we're going to kill you. I'll stop. I'm good with that. God was serious about, still is serious about the Sabbath. It's changed a little bit, and I'll get to the New Testament verses to kind of help us understand it in the current context that we live in. But, but it, it was a time that God was serious about so that mankind could be reconnected with him. He blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. Now, don't get it twisted, because a lot of Christians do. They think that the seventh day or the Sabbath day is the only day I have to be holy, because that's the one God commanded for me to make holy. The rest of the days are mine. Six days for me, one day for God. Uh, does God want us to make every day holy? Okay, if you didn't know that, yes. If you go to the early church, did the early church meet on Saturday or Sunday? Well, trick question. It says in Acts, 20, Acts chapter 2, verse 46, that every day they met in the temple courts. Okay, so there wasn't a distinction about Sabbath with the early church. Sure, they met on Sunday if you want to get specific about the actual, uh, but they, they met every day. They understood that their Christian faith was not six off, one on. It was every day. So let's clear that up, make sure we're not understanding that. I've I've had the joy of having my father-in-law in in our house the last couple weeks, and every day around the same time I hear the Bible coming from the main room because he's got an iPad with a Bible app that is able to read to him, and it is loud. I can hear it, and he can hear it. But I know that my dad is spending time with God every day. You're supposed to. You and I are meant to connect with God every day, hear from his word, pray to him, receive from him as we pray. That's an everyday existence in life. But on the Sabbath day, it it needs to get ramped up a little bit. It needs to be even more concerted in its effort to be uh, separated from the distractions of life and focused on God. Look what it says in the commandment here in Exodus 20. It says, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy, verse 9, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it's the Sabbath. It's It's the Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any what? We've already talked about there are some things that you have to do on the Sabbath day. And Jesus actually reforms re, re this argument in our eyes as he talks about the Sabbath in his teachings. Okay? So it's not like absent of work, but he's saying uh, you need to get rid of the things that you do, your son does, your daughter does, your male and female servants do, the things that your livestock does, the things that your guests do. Get, get rid of as many of those things as possible so that on the Sabbath you can focus on me. You know what the, the great distraction of our age is? Screens. Who's reading the Bible on a screen today? Anybody, anybody got their Bible on their phone or whatever? Hold them up. Be proud. Electric Bibles. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest gifts to mankind. We, we can do more with those screens and spreading the gospel than we've ever been able to do ever. But you know one of the greatest distractions to mankind? Screens. I'm not allowed to face one when I'm out with my wife because I'll watch it, not her. Uh, just so you know, if you bring your kids to church, don't, don't pop open their favorite app and let them play it for an hour. Please. Let them hear the church. What you're training them to do is to not pay attention to God and his church. Now, I'm not saying you can't ever use it. But, you know, sometimes it gets desperate. The kid's got ants in his pants. You know, let them play a quick round of Whatever. But don't teach him that church is to be ignored. Don't teach him that God is to be ignored on the set. Are you with me? We need to be uh, concerted in our efforts. Uh, here, here's how I like it. and I've got to get to the last thing. If, if you're kind of from the sports world, you know that uh, the game, let's call the game life. And, and in, in this game that we call life, there's, there's times in the first half where you have timeouts. I will call those your daily quiet times. During timeouts, you go over to the coach, and you kind of consult with him on how the game's going, and then you go back out and play. That's, that's what I would call a daily quiet time. But then once a game, usually in the middle of the game, there's this thing called what? Halftime. It's a longer timeout, usually about 20 minutes long in most of the contests I know of. And you go into the locker room, and you what? You take a breather. You drink some water. And then the coach goes to the board, or if it was my coach, the coach stands in front of us and yelled for the entire time, and then sends us back out there so that we can win the game. Now, gratefully, God doesn't wake us up on our Sabbath and start yelling. But he does want to connect with us in a more concerted way than he normally does during our average weekly time with him. You making sense? Let me just give a couple of things before we go on, on, on this. First of all, when it comes to the Sabbath, let's watch out for legalism. Watch out for legalism. Like I told you, I grew up in angry Baptist churches, and everything was a sin, not just on the Sabbath, but everything. Like, you couldn't do anything without offending God. Um, we've been saved from legalism. And it actually talks about, in the book of Colossians, Paul's writing to some people who are being, uh, you know, um, pressed in on by some Judaizers, people who are saying, you've, you've got to keep all these rules. And this is what he said in response to those, those false teachers. He says, let, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, so eating the right things, on, with regard to a festival Making sure you keep all the festivals of the Jewish calendar, or a new moon, or here it is, what's it say? A Sabbath. Don't don't let everybody press in on you with all these rules about the Sabbath. Don't, Don't let them get legalistic on you. He says this, he says, and this is such a great verse, these are the shadow of the things to come, but the substance of these things belongs to who? Christ. Now, if I had time, and I don't, but I'd preach a whole sermon on how Jesus is our Sabbath. And here's why I can say that. Jesus comes, and up until Jesus' arrival, the way that you would reconnect to God is you would try to keep the laws. You would have to hustle and try to make sure that you kept all of the ceremonial laws, all of the moral laws, all of the civic laws. You have to try to keep all of them. And if you didn't, here's here's what you had to do to make up for that. You had to kill animals and let their blood be a sacrifice, a sorry, a a covering for the ways that you didn't keep the laws. And then that reset every year, uh, you know, go and repeat. So the Jews had been just, you know, saddled with all of these rules that Jesus comes and says, hey, listen, I didn't come to abolish, but I did come to fulfill it. I came to finish this thing. And in Hebrews it tells us that Jesus became this one-time sacrifice for all of those those rules. And if we trust in him, if we put our faith in him, then we enter into, and this is what he calls it, his rest. Remember what Jesus said? Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest rest. He's our Sabbath. We we come to him and and by our faith in him, we are removed from the tyranny of works. It's by grace that we're saved through faith and it's not by our works. Isn't that great? That's a great sermon. I'll preach it to you someday. But but here's what it it, it, in essence is teaching us about the Sabbath now. We we can't get all legalistic about it. We can't impose, uh, you know, these heavy rules on something that The New Testament has retranslated for us. Jesus himself said this in Mark chapter 2. No, that one. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He said this as he was responding to a bunch of Pharisees who were kind of like getting all snooty with his disciples for picking grain on the Sabbath. How can you do that work? You're harvesting on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, you guys got the Sabbath twisted, man. You think that man was created to obey all the rules of the Sabbath, but you don't understand that God gave the Sabbath. He gave rest for the benefit of mankind. Watch out for legalism. Uh, It's probably not a problem of most of ours, so I'll just close with this on. Watch out for license. Watch out for license. Here's the deal. We're we're a a gracist church. Did you know that? Uh, If you come here, you're a gracist, all right? Uh, you look at life through the lens of grace, and you do gracial profiling all the time. You're just out there applying grace to all kinds of situations uh, that maybe uh, weren't your situation growing up. Uh, we are a, a laid-back church. I'm not saying that uh, our laid-backness is holier than a, a church that puts on suits and ties and dresses, but that's just what we've come to. We've, we've come to understand that our our comportment, how we look, is not somehow tied to our holiness. All right? And it's a good thing. Looking at some of you, it's a good thing. All right? So we invoke grace in areas where maybe previously in our history as a church or in our histories as Christ followers, we've, we've seen rules, okay? But look at me, and I'll say this one more time. They aren't called the 10 suggestions. The Bible is not something that if you can get around to it, it would be great for you to do. It is very clear in its reporting of God's design for us. He made us to function in a certain way. His chief hope is that we would do life with him and for him. And then once that is in place through our faith in Jesus Christ, he wants us to operate according to his design so that he gets the best from us and we can experience our best from him. So don't get all soft on what the Bible teaches. Don't think that the Sabbath is a great thing for those other people, but I got to go to work. No, this is the command of God on your life. If you want the best from your life, understand what the Scripture teaches you about your life and live it by the grace of God. Is everybody with me on that? Don't go into legalism, but don't get all soft on me, Christian. Understand what God wants from you and live that out in your life. May God grant us the grace to do this, amen? Let's pray. Hey, Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for rest. I could use some right now. I'm sure there's many in this room who have just entered into this day. It's the beginning of their Sabbath. I pray that you would replenish them physically today, God. I pray that you'd give them opportunities, even as they're driving home or going to the next place where they're going to serve you over in our children's building or whatever, that they would just have moments where they would reflect about the pictures on their wall, on the things that you've done for them and through them and in them, uh, and that they would... uh, be replenished in that recalling. Uh, Lord, I pray that they, all of us, me included, we would learn how to make our Sabbath holier and that we would truly focus all of our lives on you, but but on, on those special times where we get to pull away from the rhythms of work, uh, would you give us your grace and your strength to truly connect with you in meaningful and deeper ways so that we can receive from you weekly uh, in this rhythm you've set us up to live in, uh, a special grace from you so that we can go on and do the next week with you. So that's my prayer. Give us rest. Thank you for it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. we go see you this afternoon, hopefully at the Bonanza. If you want to pray or talk, I'll be over in the corner.